let's just for a second say there weren't receivers running wide open through zone coverages in this Green Bay Packers defense. Let's just say the corners weren't giving free access to Chris Godwin when all he's doing is catching short passes. Let's just say all the run fits and the gaps were accounted for and the scheme and the philosophy were right. Let's just say the Green Bay Packers are not even doing the most basic fundamental thing and getting their best players on the field consistently. It is part of the laundry list, the Christmas list, if you will, of problems that this defense faces. And we're going to talk about it on today's show. Plus our pal Lily Zhao to talk about Jordan Love's development, what has gone so wrong with this defense, and yes, playoff scenarios, the importance of the playoffs to this team, all of that on today's show. You are locked on Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. We're going to get to Lily Zhao coming up in just a second here. But I want to start with something that I wrote about at The Leap today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Something jumped out to me while I was watching this Packers defense, well, a lot of things jumped out. Two things. One is the rotation that is, and the other was the rotation that wasn't. Let's start with the rotation that is. What is happening with the outside linebackers? Why why are they not playing? Depth is good. It's good to have depth. But your best players have to be out there for the high leverage moments. And this is a problem on offense too, by the way. There were some times, and there have been times this season, for example, when Aaron Jones has played and been available, but on fourth down or on a big third down in the red zone, he's not out there. And it's like, why? Why is he not out there? It doesn't make any sense. If you're going to have him on a pitch count, Make sure that for the most important plays of the game, he's out there. It's why it made sense early in the season when a player like Rashawn Gary, who's coming back from ACL, is only out there on third and and medium to long. He's out there to rush the passer. That's it. Get him out there on the high leverage opportunities. That was fun. 
What happened to that? The Panthers had two fourth downs. I did not see Rashawn Gary on the field for either of them. He's your best, right now, your best defensive player, period. He's not on the field on fourth down. On the second fourth down, forget the fact that they couldn't even line up on fourth and one. They didn't even have a defender in the A-gap. They didn't have their best players on the field. On the second fourth down, it was Lucas Van Ness and Kingsley and Igbare on the edge. That's who was out there for your fourth down. Not Preston Smith, who's been your stalwart since he arrived in Green Bay in 2019. Not Rashawn Gary, your best defensive player at the moment. Why? And and look, the Packers, under both Mike Pettin and Joe Barry, have played their starters when they have good starters a ton. You go back to 2019, both Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith p- played over 80% of their snaps. Preston Smith has played 79 plus percent of his snaps three of the last four seasons, including one of those with Joe Barry. And the other one he didn't because he wasn't in shape and Rashawn Gary took his job. But this year, Preston Smith has been on the field 66% of snaps. Rashawn Gary, 51%. Now, okay, early in the season, he's on a pitch count. I get it. Rashawn Gary has still yet to play 70, more than 70% of snaps. That 10% difference, that's four, five plays a game, six plays a game, where he has a chance to wreck the game. We saw him against the Lions basically single-handedly take that game over. More opportunities in high-leverage moments mean more production. There was a great stat. The Packers' base front, so they're it's nickel, but it's their it's their technically their starters. So their nickel front with Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark as the true defensive lineman, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary as your outside linebackers. That group of four is the best, is the seventh best four-man pressure group in the league this season. They get pressure on over 55% of the snaps that they play together. And they have the third best sack rate of any four-man front. They get sacks almost 20% of the snaps that they play together. But if you look at this list that was put together by Arjun Manan, the other starting groups that are on here, they played like half as often as these other guys. The Rams starting group has played 93 snaps together. The Eagles starting group, 76 snaps together. The Bengals starting group, 81 snaps together. That's your best group. Why are they not on the field more? And the irony of this is Devontae Wyatt is not even the best interior defensive lineman that they have. It's Carl Brooks and he's not playing more. So now you have a situation where last year, Dean Lowry was playing over Devontae Wyatt, who in in small samples was objectively better He couldn't get on the field. And now Devontae Wyatt is playing. They actually have other players who are playing better than him and they're not playing more because draft pedigree, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. 
And it's not just the defensive line. On Sunday, you have Eric Stokes coming off of a serious injury. He gets re-injured, has to spend another long stint missing games. Last week, you didn't have a choice. Jair Alexander didn't play. So Eric Stokes, you got to go out there and you just got to figure it out. Didn't play well. Didn't look the same. Doesn't look the same athletically. You hope he's just working his way back. I'm going to keep saying that probably until next year. And then you hope next year he looks like the old Eric Stokes or you're going, they probably have to take a corner. Jair Alexander is coming off of a serious shoulder injury where he has not been able to fully practice, has not played in, in a month and a half. And you have a guy in Carrington Valentine who has played well when given the opportunities. Why are you not platooning those guys? At the very least, Stokes, who's coming, who's coming off a year of not playing, no reason that he should be playing, you know, 85, 90% of snaps. That's ridiculous. And Jair Alexander, he's a superstar, but he's hurt. You know he's playing hurt. So give him a series here or a couple plays here when you have someone like Carrington Valentine who can give you those breathers. And by the way, Stokes and Alexander combined to see 11 targets on Sunday. They gave up nine catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns, both of them with Eric Stokes in coverage, though at least one of them not really on Eric Stokes. He was expecting safety help. The safety was occupied, could not get across, and, and the Panthers get a touchdown. But... These are supposed to be the baseline decisions you have to get right. You have to have the right guys on the field before you can even talk about scheme. You have to get your best players on the field. And then we talk about the positions that you're putting them in. It doesn't matter if you don't have the best guys out there for the, for the most amount of time. Or when you have a situation where your best guys, Eric Stokes and Jerry Alexander, clearly at their best with 100% health are among your best guys, but they're not playing at 100% health. And I know Rashawn Gary coming back from ACL, like he's not either, but if he's going to play 70% of snaps, he can play 80. He can play 85. And if your plan with Eric Stokes originally, and we know that it was because when Carrington Valentine was out there and Eric Stokes was healthy, Eric Stokes was the dime back. So now, after Eric Stokes gets back and does not play great against Tampa, when you could play either Valentine or Stokes, you, you just play Stokes? It, it just doesn't make any sense. And these are the decisions that, that it's not just on Joe Barry. It's on Matt LaFleur. And, uh, you know, I know that Matt LaFleur does not technically report to Brian Gutekinds, but they they do self-scout. And you have guys in your building whose job it is to be watching practice, not just the coaches. They have to get these decisions right before we can even have a discussion about all the craptastic Joe Barry scheme issues that there are. They can't even get the most basic decisions right. And that's why, to me, this just has to be over. Because guys, not just schematically, but just from a who's on the field standpoint, not even personnel, not even all of the times that they played like nickel in the low red zone against heavy offensive personnel. 
that's its own, that's a schematic thing. How about just the best players being the guy who guys who play the most? How about the healthy players who are playing well for you be the guys who play the most? That seems like a no-brainer, but it's rocket science for Joe Barry. All right, we're going to get to our pal Lily Zhao here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Don't let the ticket buying experience get you down. It doesn't have to be hard, and that's why Game Time is here to help. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And speaking of knowing what to expect, how many times have you thought, oh, I'm getting a great deal on this ticket, and then you get to the final checkout and you realize, oh, they've added 16 different administrative fees, and now this ticket is way more expensive than I thought. Game time gives you all in pricing, so you see the total up front. Up front. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use the code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and apply, create an account and redeem the code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Joining me now for a post-Christmas vibes check. The mistletoe has been put away, probably. The uh, the Yuletide is is no longer in the same place that it was. I don't, what is Yuletide? Who knows? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Lily Zhao from Fox 6 joins me now. Lily, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm surviving the post-Christmas vibes. Um, it's weird to say because once the New Year hits and once that's done, I'm just like, oh, I dread it. I dread that January 2nd until June. So I'm not looking forward to us progressing this far. But that being said, the holiday season has been very fun. Um, so I am uh, I'm doing well. Is how you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm still a little bit in that holiday malaise. I actually have a couple more days of this because now my family was here and now my wife's family is coming into town. So we get to do Christmas all over again, oh, um, which is which is wonderful. But that also means six or seven more days of sloth and gluttony. Um, which you know, <laughs> let's be honest, uh, no one is going to be that mad about. Um, speaking of sloth and gluttony, I want to talk about this defense because um, that's all anyone wants to talk about with this team, of course. And look, you and I were were on the show all season talking about, okay, this isn't ideal, but it hasn't looked like this. Like the last couple weeks have been truly, truly a different level. Is there anything you can point to and go, this is why it has gotten so much worse? I'm not sure. I feel like if I had an answer and the coaches had an answer, they would have figured it out by now. But yeah. I will say this, though, just from their level of play, even just at the start of the year when the offense was figuring things out and then you get into that tough stretch of three and six and they have the Chargers, they have the Lions and the Chiefs coming up and they play well in those games against good opponents. There was never a time where I thought, oh, this defense is giving things away. They're giving games away because the offense was still finding their footing and the defense was doing their best to help them out. And I think they were playing well. But just for some reason, these last three weeks, just a different uh, switch has flipped. 
And it just feels like every team that is playing them just can go move down the field at will. I don't know if it's just the execution isn't there. I know, again, we were talking about communication. Now that's not there. If you have just a whole amalgamation of all those things that aren't going right, you couple that with, with some schemes, some play calling that maybe guys don't agree with. This is kind of the maybe. result that we see. Yeah, so it's it's puzzling because where was that defense that we saw the first, you know, 10 weeks of the season? Yeah, after the Chiefs game, after the Chiefs game, they were 18th in DVOA. So they were they were still a a slightly below average team, but this has been a top five offense basically since Halloween. So if you have a top five offense and a middle of the pack defense, they're probably already in the playoffs, right? Like they probably win one or two more of these games. They probably beat the Giants. Um, and and so this this changes a lot of the the narrative around this team right now. Um last week. Matt LaFleur had the opportunity to make a change at defensive coordinator. This week, as of this recording, no change has been made, but there have been some excuses from some people about, oh, you know, they don't have anyone else to come in and call plays for this defense. Or, or it's just going to happen at the end of the season. That's okay. How persuasive do you find those arguments? I think it's just more of keeping your head above water at this point. That's kind of what I'm I'm getting from it is that they don't believe internally that they have the solution. So they they don't believe they have anybody, like you said, that can call plays. So the best right now is just to keep things as they are, despite the fact that they're struggling. And I think that Matt LaFleur, just based off his postgame presser, is just putting more onus on this offense to help out the defense, which I found was a very interesting flip because – you know, earlier in the year, the defense was saying, we're going to put this game on our shoulders and we're going to help this offense out. Now it's flipped. Now it's saying the offense has to help out a defense that has struggled. And, you know, Matt LaFleur kind of put it on. He said it's not all on the, on the defense. The offense had a couple three and outs in the fourth quarter, and that, you know, led the, the teams back. And, you know, they tied the game. The Panthers tied the game. And, and we, want to, we want the offense to help put games away. So, in my opinion, it's they don't have the answers right now in-house, and they're doing their best just to keep their head above water. And in my mind, he's thinking the offense is the solution right now. But that being said, if Joe Barry is not gone at the end of the year, I think Matt LaFleur will be on the hot seat in that regard because of his decision to keep Barry. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I think he will be gone at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Uh, but I also think it makes sense to just do it now. If that's the case, like if he's not part of your long-term future, give one of these other guys an opportunity and just see if you can get a little bit of juice, a little bit of something um, for these, these last few games. I understand that. I understand what you're saying and and I'm just not persuaded by it. Um, but I, I think that that you're probably right that that's what they feel. Again, I just don't, I, I think that's wrong, um, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So um, the doing the, having the offense do more, this was the Aaron Rodgers problem, right? For the whole middle part of his career where he, they just could not get a defense around him. Um, and the offense was, was awesome. Well, that's what happened. Like it, it's hard for me to put a game on the offense when they score 30 points. Uh, and so this offense has been so good over the last eight weeks. I think I've asked versions of this in the past, but I, I have to, because it's been so much more consistent now, Lily, did how realistic did you think this outcome, this version of Jordan Love that has been now by EPA per play the seventh? He's got better, he's got better numbers than Patrick Mahomes. How realistic 
in August did you think that was? I didn't think that it would be this good. And I will say this with an asterisk, this good with the players that he has. You don't yeah. have Christian Watson. You don't have Jaden Reed. You don't have Luke Musgrave. Dontavian Wicks is out the second half of the Panthers game, and they still put up 33 points, and they looked like they could have played. They could have added more. They, they left points on the field. And to be that encouraged without some, three of your top pass-catching threats, I think says a lot about where this offense has evolved. You know, you give Jordan Love credit. You give these young players credit. Give Matt LaFleur credit for the play calling on that side of the football. I, I just didn't think it would be this good. But then, like you mentioned with Aaron Rodgers, it's it's always the Packers quarterback conundrum of the offense is playing well, but they need to compensate for the defense rather than just say, hey, we're going to go put out 30 points and expect a win. So I didn't think it would be this good. So I applaud everybody with the Packers organization for getting things done because it looks good. I mean, I applaud Rashid Walker playing left tackle. I My applaud goodness. those guys. Aaron yeah. Jones, I mean, claps all around. All right, we're going to get back to more with our pal Elizao here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it has to be the most fun way you can win up to 25 times your money. Just put a couple of players together with their stat projections and you decide if you think they're going to produce more or less then those projections, you put a couple guys together, you could do Aaron Jones, rushing yards, and whatever the prize picks number is, you, you say if you think he's going to produce more or less. Put him together with Jordan Love. Put him together with LeBron James. That's the beauty of it. Prize picks lets you combine across sports even, and you can win up to 25 times your money if you put the right players together and you correctly pick if they produce more or less than their projections. It's that easy. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Yeah, we did the whole open of the show yesterday on Brian Gutekinds because he we we cannot forget him in all of this. Like the only yes, reason that yes. they're still doing what they're doing with this offense is because they found a way to extend Aaron Jones when other teams are just moving on from star running backs that are making top of market money. You know, you 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 are the Panthers and you miss on a Terrace Marshall or some of these other players. They don't have anyone else. The Packers lose Luke, Luke Musgrave. Tucker Craft steps in and plays awesome. Like listen. To, Listen to Matt LaFleur talk about Tucker Craft. Like it's just he he speaks so glowingly about him, the, the the team that they put together. I think that's part of it too. Like I expected the rookies to be okay, to be fine. But for Jaden Reed to look like this, for Dontavian Wicks to look like this, for Tucker Craft and look like I, I don't think even optimistically, you would you would have said this is a reasonable outcome. Jordan Love's gonna pass for four thousand yards without a thousand yard receiver. That's crazy. And it just looks, it looks really good right now. 
I agree. And and that's, again, you know, just a big round of applause for Ryan Gutekunst for seeing what he saw in these young guys. But I, I like the fact that ever since that Chargers game, just something just kind of flipped in everybody on that offense. And it just seems like everything is gelling. And, and no matter who is in the lineup, whoever, you know, is out there catching passes from Jordan Love, they're getting open and they're making plays. Bo and Melton. Bo Melton, you're right. I'm like, I don't think we could have said this, you know, like a couple months ago. At, at that point, we were like, oh, gosh, is is are things going to go okay? But now we're talking Bo Melton's out there making plays, and we love it. And, you know, you have guys like Jaden Reed talking to Aaron Jones saying, we could, or I'm sorry, not Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs talking to Aaron Jones saying, we got to make those big plays late in the game and they deliver. I mean, I think there's a lot of confidence in these young players to say that, you know, we've grown this season and now you're seeing it come to fruition on the field. And now I'd love to see that happen defensively, but I love what what's going on with this offense and where the trajectory can go in the next couple of years. Well, and you mentioned the trajectory. When you look around the NFC, I mean, the 49ers get pantsed by the Ravens. Not that I think the Packers defense is capable under Joe Barry of playing to that level, but the Eagles are like barely beating these teams. They've lost to the Jets. You know, like, I, I don't know how you can look around the NFC and go, the Packers should be afraid of any of these teams, which makes the next two weeks that much more important. Like, yeah, they, they're playing with house money, but it'd be pretty nice to go out and play against bad a, a bad quarterback, a backup quarterback, and get four interceptions like the Lions did and, and just beat the Vikings and the Bears to close out the season. Playoffs or not, it'd be nice to get in the playoffs, obviously. But how, like, how important do you think it is now that this team actually does at least make the run? They, they can't control what the Rams do. They can't control what the Seahawks does. But if they, but winning out, how important do you think that is to the development of this team? I think super important. You're right. Regardless of, of if they make the playoffs or not, if they can just win two games against, you know, two still talented divisional opponents, that does a lot going into the offseason saying we're going to build upon our successes. We're going to be a, you know, above a 500 team, uh, make the playoffs, just miss the playoffs, whatever. But you're ending on a positive note for these young guys, knowing that you know the best is still ahead for them. I mean, this is just year one with everybody. You can build on year two and be even better. But you're right in terms of just looking at the NFC as a whole. They should be up there offensively. But I think what hampers them is their defense because – Again, regardless if Nick Mullins is in there, regardless if Justin Fields is in there, if they're having a career day, it's going to be hard for this offense to consistently have to put up 40-plus points to win. So I think for them, just they need to win at Minnesota. They need to beat the Bears at home, regardless of playoff implications, just to set them up for next year and beyond. So I, I think these next two, two weeks are crucial for them. I, I think having it be divisional opponents – helps so much because I we've seen them play down to opponents at times this season, even though this, this group as a team has not won anything, but we've seen them come out a little lackadaisical. Oh, I don't have to do much to beat these teams. And so they come out a little vanilla, a little bland, whereas against the lions, against the chargers, against the chiefs, they felt like let's just come out guns blazing. And I hope, I hope that's what they do over the next two weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to end on this question. Lily. there's been some discussion and I'll cut this out of the podcast if Joe Barry gets fired in the next 24 hours. Uh, but, but if Matt LaFleur gets to the end of the season and keeps Joe Barry, I don't want to do that. Like, do you have to fire Matt LaFleur then too? Because I don't, I don't think that that would happen anyway. So it's just like a silly thought exercise. But what do you think the chances are someone like Mark Murphy? Because Brian Gutekinds is not in charge of Matt LaFleur. Only Mark Murphy is. How likely is it that you think someone like Mark Murphy at the end of his career would go, Matt, 
can't do this. A change has to be made. I think pretty high. I, and again, I, I, I know do too. Some people are saying, no, I, th I think that's pretty high. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. And I, don't, I know there's a structure in terms of how things are stacked in terms of the Packers brass and, and the higher ups there. But I do believe if Matt LaFleur retains Joe Barry, there's kind of going to be this big, not scarlet letter, but just this big like spotlight on him as to why. I mean, things aren't working. You've given him since 2021 to figure this thing out. It kind of put him on notice these last three weeks and you know outside of three drives against Carolina which is an off they're a terrible offensive team they got run rough shot over and you can't have that happen the last two weeks of the season and then go into next year saying we're going to keep you and I know Joe is a phenomenal guy but just what he's calling is not working so I, I think for Matt LaFleur to want to take this team to new heights with the offense he has he needs to hire somebody with a better scheme and just something new, bring something new into your defense. Because yeah. again, you have eight first round picks. I don't know why they're not delivering. So you need to bring somebody else in to make this thing really move. If you want to contend next year, not to say we're going to be settling for another 500 team. Yeah, it, I think it's philosophical as much as it is anything. I mean, look at what the Vikings are able to do this week with, with the defensive players that they have. Like the Packers have better defensive personnel, period. And they are a much, much, much worse defensive team uh, that's, that's, that's coaching. That is all on coaching. Lily, we will talk to you next week in the new year, 2024. Crazy. Uh, so happy new year in advance. And we will talk to you next week. Happy new year. Talk to you then. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow. Our crossover Thursday part de, with Luke Braun over at locked on Vikings. It is a loser leaves town match. That's what it is. Packers, Vikings, the loser is all but eliminated from postseason contention. So we're going to have a lot of fun with this one, as always, with our pal Luke. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang all this live, we will be live after the Sunday night football game, but... After the ball drops on the East Coast. So about 11.05 Lambo time live on YouTube. Find us there so you can stay locked on Packers.